Live from the Tech Talk Studios hey. in the nation's capital and the heartland of America. It's Tech Talk. Well, it's Friday. It's that time of the week. It's time for Tech Talk once again. My co-host, the worldwide famous Dr. Jay Greenstein. Jay, buddy, it's Friday again, man. We're recording again. We got great guests today. How, how are things with you in Washington, D.C.? Things are great, man. It's August and it's 84 degrees and breezy. Like, it's so nice here. And I know you've been dealing with the heat wave, right? Yeah, but you know, uh, since about Friday night, it stormed. Everything's cooled off. We've had two or three inches of rain in the last few days. And so it is not 106 or 108 like it was last week. And I am loving it, man. Well, you know, I'm going to see you in like literally a week. And I hope that the weather is is bearable because usually in August in Orlando at FCA, it's, it's hot. Yeah, it is. And I know they've had record temperatures. They actually had uh, ocean temperatures that creeped up pretty high this year. And Crazy. So, yeah, it's crazy kind of crazy kind of time. But FCA, our buddies there, Jinder, uh, Jen Poro, uh, Camille Moore. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing all that crew and all of our other friends that we're doing. And we're going to try to do a live Tech Talk podcast from the Rocks Bar. Yeah, uh, that's know, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So, I love it. Good time. Good time. Well, yeah. listen, we've got a couple of guests today. Um, why don't you introduce them and let's get started with this uh, with this show, buddy. Yeah, I'm super excited. Today we have Mickey Rayola and Ajay Naik. They are uh, co-founders, uh, CTO and uh, and COO of an awesome company called ExtraVision. Now, I found this company um, through another colleague, uh, our friend Maria, who you know, Brad, um, and who told me about this company. They're doing this great work using 3D motion capture, and artificial intelligence where we can actually plot people's movement, we can do an assessment, we can watch them do their exercises, and the system will tell us or tell the patient you know, whether or not the patient is moving correctly or not. And I, I love this technology. It is, it is groundbreaking and it is also I, not, not just the future, but it's the present because it exists and they help companies implement this technology in their businesses. So we've had some great discussions with Kaizenovate, and I'm just super excited to have these guys on the podcast. So Mickey and Ajay, welcome guys. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Dr. Jay. It's a pleasure, pleasure to be here. Yeah, so um, now everybody can hear that accent, right? So Mickey, where are you from originally? And, and where are you, you doing can, this podcast from? As you can clearly guess, I'm from Germany. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, uh, I was born and raised in, in Italy. I'm actually based in New York together with Ajay and Piero's my twin brother. All the two of us are co-founders, but right now I'm based in the UK because we're expanding here as well. And talking about the weather, uh, unfortunately, the weather here is very poor, something which is not of national pride for the UK, <laughs> but uh, pleasant for me that I come from the US where it was much, much hotter. Now, so, where in Italy are you from? I know the audience wants to know. Italy is a big place. Where are you from? Napoli. Napoli. I'm originally from Naples, uh, the yeah. south okay. of Italy, where we pretend to have invented pizza, but... Uh, <laughs> It's true. I recommend you to go there and test it because it's yeah. it's, it's amazing. But it. I'm an atypical Napolitan because, uh, and it's also part of my of my story. Together with my twin brother, I was raised in a little town village in the north of Italy, in the Dolomites, where I had the chance to share my biggest passion with uh, with Piero. We both were former back in the days. Uh, 
alpine skiers, professional alpine skiers. So wow, yeah. that's awesome! A tremendous experience, tremendous experience. That's great. We we definitely want to talk about that as we as we get moving here. But Jay, where are you from originally, and where are you located right now? Yep, I'm originally from uh, uh, India. So I uh, before moving to US, I used to live in a place called Goa, very beautiful coastal place, uh, and uh, like. The only thing that I kind of didn't like there was it was hot and humid all year. I used to be like sweating. <laughs> so now I'm based in New York. Uh, the weather, I really like it here, except for this one or two months when it gets extremely cold, but otherwise it's uh, it's very nice. And of course the people are here are amazing. I like the, the energy that they have. So That's awesome. Uh, Where in New yeah. York are you guys? Like what, what borough are you guys in? So Piero and I are based in uh, Manhattan, very uh-huh. close from the office as well, which is downtown in Chelsea. Yeah, and yeah, I love Ajay, Chelsea. where are you based instead? You're in a much nicer place. Yeah, I'm I'm based in Eastchester, so basically Westchester County, just uh, uh, outside of uh, Manhattan. Uh, yeah, very very that, nice yeah. place. Uh, this place reminds me almost like Goa, like small suburb, uh, kind of everybody knows everybody. <laughs> That's so great. It's, so it's beautiful here. That's awesome. So how did you guys meet? How did you guys connect? Well, it's a long story because I was actually based in London before co-founding Extra with Pierre and Ajay in 2021, January 2021. Uh, I don't know if Piero mentioned it, but he was working. After he graduated from Yale School of Management, he moved into the city where he started working for an investment firm, which was covering only telehealth, the rise of telemedicine in uh, early 80s, uh, 2018, and um, that's where he met Jay through a conference. Piero saw the boom of telemedicine, listening to a lot of promises coming from the market, and realized that from the promises to the deliverables, a lot of efforts should have been done into technology, but those companies were lacking resources and knowledge. Remember that their job is providing services, treating people, taking care of people. Technologies are completely different businesses. And so he saw a massive opportunity, attended a conference uh, which was sponsored by the the New York uh, Tech Week. And that's where he met uh, Ajay. And it was, at least for us, love at first sight. Ajay, was Ah, it the same for you? Yeah, it was actually, because uh, uh, first of all, like if you meet Piero, you'll see that he has a lot of passion, right? And he like truly believes in, uh, in, in, in this problem that we are trying to solve. And when I like uh, spoke to him, uh, he was based on his like past experience of being an athlete and then experience of telehealth. Uh, and like he was able to properly convey that what is the uh, the possibility, right? By using the right technology. So for me, it was same, love at first sight. And then we said, okay, we should, uh, uh, so Jay- we should not waste too much time and get started. I love it. I love it. So Jay, what, just so the audience knows, like, what is it specifically? What is the problem that you guys are solving right now? Uh, so maybe I can, I, can, yeah. I can take the lead on the problem and I will leave the solution to a Jay, which is, again, the rock star in the team. So if we want to speak about the problem, it, it, it's simple. Today, healthcare has a broken patient journey. I'm sure you know it better than we do. And I want to summarize it in three steps. The rise of telehealth, the many promises that were made and unfortunately not respected, and where do we stand today? Okay, so from 2016, we realized with the boom of telemedicine and telehealth, 
tremendous company, few of them very good results listed on the capital markets, that it was finally possible to bring doctors into the patient's home, okay? Through a simple teleconsultation, video call where you can connect with doctors. This was the version 1.0 of telemedicine. Then the industry realized, okay, what's come next? Where, 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 we do, where do we get from there? How, if we wanna, how do we do if we want to monitor and treat people remotely? Well, we soon realized, uh, unfortunately, that to do this, we, needed, we need technologies which goes far beyond a simple video call or video conferencing tool. And that is where we step in. There is a concept which is widely known in America. It's value-based care. Now, value-based care is the possibility to improve uh, patient's outcome at a fraction of the cost, and it's made by making healthcare accessible, more convenient, uh, and bringing it essentially uh, at hand for every person in the United States. Where do we stand today? Unfortunately, it's uh, what we're solving, the problem. Uh, there is a very common denominator that affects pretty much every healthcare provider we speak with, whether it's in preventive care or chronic care, is that they, very, they have a very poor activation rate, okay? It is given because the experience digitally is still quite poor, the costs are still high, and the time associated to healthcare deliveries really remains too long and inefficient. To give you some numbers, activation rates are in general below 5%, okay? It's a very poor metric. Act cost activation of using a digital product, Mickey, is yes. that what you're saying? Absolutely. So okay. if you have a, a, a digital company which claims to cover, let's say, 100,000 of lives, the real patients you're using their solution are less than 5%, so less than 5,000, okay? The cost per visit is still around 150 bucks per visit, which is pretty much what we were used to for the last 30 years. And the average time from which you start, book an appointment to what you get the first visit and the first diagnosis is of minimum 14 days. So also the concept of timely care is still kind of a dream. Now, if we want to change the structure of healthcare, we really need to change the foundation and transforming healthcare from being a service to becoming a product. Healthcare must become a product. Here I'm going to leave you know, the, a wide open field to Ajay to discuss how we're doing it and the solution we're providing, which is a product. So all yours, Ajay. Well, I want to step in and I want to step in and make one comment to your summary, which you did a great job of summarizing problems I've been talking about for a decade. But you also left out one very important piece of this is acceptance by the insurance companies. Uh, yeah, there are a couple of telemedicine codes, but by far there is no acceptance of a replacement form of healthcare payments under insurance companies for the broad scope that you're talking about doing. That's a very important factor. Jay and I fight those battles with insurance payers. Uh, Jay has a beautiful name for him, but we fight those battles all the time <laughs> for specialty kind of reimbursements. And that's a serious issue. To me, that's probably the number one issue of why your product is not being accepted more because you still have a huge pool of patients that are insurance-based reimbursement payments for any kind of service or product. Totally, and I feel your pain, Brad. We haven't been in the market for as long as you did, but uh, yeah, structurally, uh, it's something that is preventing the adoption of you know the, those solutions. 
Now, also insurances, which is uh, good news for us, are adopting new codes which can be applied to digital products because they see the value of making healthcare more accessible. They can prevent, you know that the holy grail is into prevent, preventive medicine. So the best way to do it is to make sure that patients can uh, can access healthcare. If you don't do it digitally, it, you won't, we just won't get there, unfortunately. Yeah, the value-based healthcare tree is probably the right tree to be barking up with this uh, because really and truly the metric, hopefully the metric is that we create a much more efficient environment not, not only for the patient, for the provider, for the insurance company, so they become, as I quote, call them ATM transactions, you know, they, they really are service and, uh, and that we can focus more on really getting patients healthy in the most effective way. And that, that really is truly, uh, in my eyes, the definition of value-based healthcare. It's going really slow, to be quite honest. Payers are just beginning to adopt that if at all. And uh, we've been working on the metrics and the evidence-based piece of that for a long time uh, and have tremendous amounts of data to uh, to show how ineffective and how costly that system actually can be, e- even involving the loss of life because it's so inefficient. So I, I admire what you're trying to do. Yeah, I, And we totally I... see the same. Yeah, I really can appreciate it as well, which is why, you know, we've been we've been connecting on opportunities between our two companies because, you know, we've built we've built a product that has been classified as software as a medical device. We have started to bill remote therapeutic monitoring codes and we've gotten payments, but we've also gotten denials. And there's one large payer that is like saying it's not part of the medical policy or not medically necessary. Now we're gonna fight it. As Brad said, we've been fighting battles for a really long time, um, but, the, but the system has to adopt these changes as well. When I say the system, I'm talking about the payers, and they have for certain groups, under certain codes, under certain conditions. So I think the key for us to actually be able to disrupt healthcare is making sure that the payers actually adopt these types of uh, codes and these types of interventions for patients that are improving access improving outcomes, improving efficiency, because otherwise, if the payers don't pay, the providers won't want to provide these services. And I think that's really important. And I think the regulators, the people that guide policy, need to really say, look, if the federal government created these additional codes for providers to be able to provide remote therapeutic monitoring, remote patient monitoring, telehealth, then they need to be covered. Like commercial insurance just needs to cover it. So I've got a big bias against payers because all the games they play. And, and I appreciate the fact that companies like, like uh, ExtraVision and our company and Brad's company are really working to disrupt healthcare to the benefit of the patient and the provider and the system. So. Yeah. You know, Ajay, I want to give you time. We're going to take a, a break before we bring you back with the solution because we've gone a little bit long on this. But uh, again, Mickey, I, I have great respect and I want to throw this in or I'll completely forget this. The other leg of this stool that you need to be paying attention to, and it sounds like maybe you are, is the consumerization of this product because the consumer probably can change some of these outcomes and some of these pricing models faster than guys like Jay and I getting in throwing the battle. And you know, although that's got to happen, getting the consumer to demand it 
is probably the fastest way to to make that happen. Don't, just don't forget that that side of the equation when you're working on it. Guys, this is Tech Talk. I'm Brad Koss, my co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein. We'll be right back in just a minute. Great conversation going on. Come on back. Damn, damn, damn. Let's slow it down. With the hot data jocks of talk. Ooh. It's Tech Talk. Welcome to Infinity. We have worked hard to create an electronic claims website that is simple and user-friendly. This is the public side. You can log into your personal web portal here. This is your dashboard. You can personalize it to your liking here. Our main focus has been to allow you to submit and edit claims as easy as possible. You will find our claims editor and claims processing is simple to use and straightforward. Our quick action bar is where you can find your most important information. Most of these icons will take you directly to the claims the number represents. You can easily view if you have any messages in your inbox of any unread alerts by looking for these blue numbers. To view the rest of our training videos to get the most of your Infinity experience, click this icon. We hope you find this web portal simple and easy to use. Thanks for letting us serve you. Your weekly dose of talk. Get ready. With the data jocks of talk. Starting your weekend outright with the data jocks of talk. It's Tech Talk. Welcome back, Tech Talk. Uh, Brad Costs, my co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein. Great conversation going on today, Jay. I, uh, you know, this is this is our wheelhouse that we love so much because we fought it. I, I've literally been fighting these battles for twenty years. Uh, with insurance payers, and as the technology comes in, we've been fighting how to get them. They're slow. They don't adopt well. And and my comments right before break were the consumerization of that. And, you know, uh, Mickey and Ajay, I, I think that's that's very, very important to, in those health surveys that patients fill out in this process, demanding that is really Im- one of the important solutions to that uh, recommendation. Ajay, what are you doing as sort of the the brain uh, trust here of finding solutions to solve some of those problems. Yep. Uh, so, uh, like first of all, like extravision is basically like a, it's a next generation AI solution designed to enhance uh, patient diagnosis and optimize healthcare outcomes. So that's what we are uh, kind of targeting. So our solution uh, is basically like exposed as an API. So any healthcare uh, uh, providers can uh, integrate with our API and build a customized solution for for their patients because we do believe that one solution doesn't fit 
uh, all right so you want to basically uh, create a hyper personalized treatment plan for each patient so that's where like we are going towards uh, so in a uh, kind of nutshell that's that's what we are doing and uh, uh, this wouldn't have been possible without like the, the two core uh, things which is computer vision and ai uh, in 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 at large so that's what we basically used to to solve problem because when uh, we were talking to whether it's a, a physiotherapist or a, a orthopedician or a chiropractor what we realized was uh, the things that they are doing uh, in clinic can easily be automated using technology and that can actually reduce a lot of load on them to begin with and the second thing is it can give them a data which was only possible to capture in clinic and now they can capture that data virtually and that basically optimizes the whole process so we heard um we were in a conversation we had a meeting i don't know a few weeks ago and we heard pierre say something to the effect of uh, home exercise adherence for your typical patient is like somewhere between 12 and 20%. So that means like somewhere between what 88, 80 and 88% of people just don't do their home exercises. And, and, and that's and the product that you've built uh, can really change the game. Maybe share your thoughts as you were developing, you know, the combination of, of the computer vision and the AI piece, how you thought patients would be more engaged and the value that creates for both the patient and the provider. Yeah. So when we actually looking at when we were looking at the virtual uh, uh, telemedicine providers, like what they call themselves, like digital clinics, uh, we looked at their solution. They did actually solve the first step, which is uh, uh, going away from the the traditional system to a digital system, right? But what they were going doing was they were giving this bunch of videos, uh, which as part of the exercise home exercise program. And they were expecting that the patients are going to do at home. Now, any kind of exercise, even uh, even for people like us who are into this, is difficult to do, right? Unless there is a motivation or uh, there is somebody who is kind of either working, uh, either doing with us. So that's when we realized: what if we build kind of a digital clone of a uh, of a physician who is uh, helping patients do that exercises. So first of all, do it and then do it properly, right? And at the same time, show them progress. So which gives them motivation. Okay, I'm probably now recovering. I can see that progress, right? And that little bit of motivation each time uh, makes them do from like 0% of the time to at least like once a week to begin with, right? Five minutes. And then it goes to like twice a week and twice a week and then we can see that probably like in two months of time, they have re fully recovered. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I love it. And what's really cool, Brad, is they've built a demo that you, you can even try like when we get off this podcast, you can like do some movement testing yourself literally like next hour. Really? Yeah. Pretty crazy. That is yeah. pretty cool. It's really cool. You know, Jay, you, you may not know it, but one of my software development companies, Genesis Interact, developed 
an early healthcare app. We we built it for OSU as a sample model, but we were recording training videos of how to exercise and stuff in the studio 15 years ago, man. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, you know, some of the things that you're doing sort of reminisce of some of the thoughts and ideas that I have, but this is really taking it to a, to a new level. Um, don't you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. And I'd love to know what you guys think. All the, all the, all the news and or noise, you could call it either. I think that, you know, it's, I think it's fascinating, but, you know, the generative AI piece and how, how are you seeing the evolution of AI translate into your current and future product development ideas? So here I can start with uh, what it means, you know, to be an early stage founder. What is to, you know, what is the journey? Okay, so it's a long shot. So as a founder, you need to really have a roadmap in mind and divide it into short-term goals. You need to think about tomorrow, always keeping an eye on the long-term vision. So no, yeah. it's, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a contrast, but it's actually the mentality you should have as a, as a founder. Today, we are at a point uh, in our journey where we experience the so-called product market fit, meaning we are... Uh, found early adopters, enterprise clients, which are requesting a standard solution independent, independently from in which vertical they operate. Again, physiotherapy, chiropractors, preventative, chronic care, acute pain, etc. It doesn't matter. The request is always the same. So we're working into this product in a way in which we can make it as scalable as possible. This is our laser focus today. Why? because it's clear what are the return on investment we're giving to our partners. First, we automatize the assessment, so we increase the adoption, the adoption rates that we were discussing a couple of seconds ago, which, which were dramatic. And the second thing is we make it more accessible. The cost goes down by at least 60% per visit. So huge cost, uh, cost saver for the enterprise. What we've seen by working with those clients is that integration time takes for us, it can take one week, but it's a, it's a tennis match. So there needs to be some work from the counterparty. And usually this work takes on average three months. So what we're trying to improve on a short-term basis is uh, to reduce this integration time so that once we sign the contract, we can go into the market as quickly as possible to demonstrate the ROI. And this is the short-term goal. The long-term vision, which is tied to the technology or where we're going to go in, it's an industry which, which we say, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, dominated by services, okay? On our side, though, we don't want to touch the service. I think there are great companies doing uh, what they're doing. What they lack is uh, how to bring the company to the new century. And we see a golden opportunity in beginning to build the future tech stack for healthcare providers at the time when, you know, integration transparency and patient outcomes is even more fundamental to achieving uh, better outcomes. It's very simple. So the use of uh, artificial intelligence and computer vision are kind of uh, what we're betting on as an enabler for one of the enabler for value-based care and in a way, as a comparison, uh, the fuel for the future of health applications. And I'm curious, Mickey, you, there are other companies out there, you know, companies like Hinge, you know, huge investment, you know, with a Series F or I don't even know, like and their, their last round was pretty large where they're using actually devices to measure movement. I'm not asking you to criticize or support. I'm just curious 
like when you see the differentiators for you guys compared to a company like Hinge, um, maybe just share with the audience what, what those differences are. Totally. It's, it's again what I was saying uh, at the beginning. First of all, Hinge is a fantastic company. I think that they achieved uh, probably the best results in terms of uh, you know, digital clinics, especially for MSK in the world. So congratulations to the team. But the difference is what I was exactly mentioning now. They are, their mission is to treat people, is to solve pain. Now they're trying with sensor, but again, I think that sensor isn't the right answer for a sustainable future. It's not that uh, accessible scalable. to everyone and scalable as yeah. a consequence. We decided to only focus on the technology first. We don't, t- we don't touch the treatment. We don't touch the diagnosis. We just make sure that the data we provide in terms of uh, motions insights are reliable and scalable. And in a way, we don't have one use case only. So when you work with technology, the more iteration you have with different companies and with different use cases, the stronger and more robust the technology becomes. Everyone who chooses a bit of uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning would, uh, would understand it. And by the way, I'm one of the founders of this company, but Ajay knows way more than myself, so he probably should take the lead on that. But I can tell you that the key, especially for tech company, is not the amount of money you invest in building the product, but rather the kind of iteration you have uh, as soon as possible with the market, so to improve the challenges and make the solution better and better and better, no matter the use case. So that's our job. It's a very different job. I love that, man. I, I, cause you know, I'm, I'm very new to this, to this space. You know, I, I run chiropractic clinics for the vast majority of my career. And then I just had a, some sort of a brain fart that said, I'm going to start a technology company. And here I am a few years later. So I, I love hearing this cause I get to learn from you guys cause you guys are doing a, a phenomenal job. I love, I love what you've built so far. So Ajay, tell us, tell us your thoughts. Yep. So just to come back to the, the hinge topic, uh, like Mickey uh, put it very nicely. Uh, I'll just add one more thing. Uh, hinge actually did an amazing job of uh, uh, moving basically the traditional system to digital, right? So now with them, even the, the normal digital solution, uh, I can uh, get the care from being in my home, right? So that part, they solved it amazingly. Now, from here, they need to go to the next step, which is uh, uh, this experience, the digital experience, making it amazing, right? Uh, that's where I see that, uh, uh, like, we uh, basically kind of come in. So, if they use solution uh, like our solution or solution like ours, so that's where they can create amazing experience from here and solve a much larger problem. So, that is what Mickey was talking about, uh, the scalable, right? So with a solution like this, you can really scale up the the uh, the whole caregiving, and without compromising uh, 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 the care that you are uh, creating. So properly personalized treatment plans that you are creating for each individual, which is not possible without technology. Yeah. And uh, when it comes to AI, like uh, like Mick said, uh, it's a lot of iteration. Uh, you cannot just buy like one set of uh, data and train a model and it, it's done. Uh, it's always like you build something, you um, launch it with a few users, get the feedback and come back, implement them and uh, launch back. Right. So that's why we always have this 
three month cycle uh, to test any ideas that we have. So we go from, okay, we came up with the idea. Let's do a rough research, how it looks. Okay, it looks fine. Uh, build a small MVP, test it with few users, iterate, and then at the end of three months, figure out, okay, uh, is it solving a real problem or not? All right. So that's how we do it. And that's how like uh, us or any startup, they usually end up building a great product because they are iterating that fast and they're constantly talking to the, the user. Users. Right? And that's extremely important. Uh, you cannot build something uh, uh, that uh, users don't want and then assume that it's going to work very well, right? So you have to always build what they are looking for. And you have to always build something that solves a real problem. They already Love have a lot of things going on in their life. You cannot really push another solution and uh, increase their, their troubles that you already have. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Guys, this is a great conversation. We, it's time. We're going to take another quick break for our sponsors, but we're going to come right back. I got a zillion questions in my head that I could ask. This could go on for hours, but we'll be right back. <laughs> this, is, this is Tech Talk. I'm Brad Koss, my co host, Dr. Jay Greenstein. Come back. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Jay Greenstein. This is Jay Greenstein. With me today is Dr. Jay Greenstein. Dr. Jay Greenstein. The world around us and healthcare specifically is changing at an exponential pace. Chiropractic is perfectly positioned like we have never been right now today to be more successful and to be more impactful for the communities and patients that we serve. There are all sorts of evidence-based guidelines that, that support the use of non-pharmacological approaches. But what I want America to know is that health doesn't come from a pill. It's our responsibility as healthcare providers to educate the community about the evidence that exists. We really need to have a private practice app, something that will help us engage with our patients in ways that they've never experienced before. The intersection of technology and quality care is where the future of healthcare is at, and I'm really excited to bring that forward in the future. Spreading the love. You're listening to the tech slot. It's tech talk. So we all feel it. Rent or dining out, gasoline or movies. As a matter of fact, the dollar is not going as far for a whole host of reasons. And it's impacting everybody, regardless of your financial situation. Did you know that 38% of the overall population is having to reconsider how they're spending their money just to afford the healthcare they need? And if you break it down further, 26% have actually delayed the healthcare that they need, including going to see you, the chiropractor. So here's what we need to know about the breakdown in demographics. You would think that someone who's making $120,000 or more would be continuing their care right now. But the actual number is 18%. 18% of that group is actually putting off healthcare. And that's a group of people making six figures. When you take that same information all the way down to a group making 40,000, that number is much higher. It's closer to 40%. So it's never been more important than now to make sure you've made it easy for your patients to come see you, that you have choices for them, and you understand what they're going through at home. We wanna make sure your practice thrives during this time, and we encourage you to learn about what Cairo Health USA can do for you and your practice and making it easy for patients to see you and continue care.
Listen to the future of healthcare with the data jocks of talk. It's Tech Talk. Welcome back. It's Tech Talk. Uh, my co-host, Dr. Jay Greenson. We've got a great technology uh, conversation going on today. So if you if you love uh, if you love technology, entrepreneurism, and some of the things that go on when you're talking about a business and creating foundation kind of technology, this is your kind of conversation. You're going to love this. Guys, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to take this last segment and take a little bit of the devil's advocate because I, I've built companies, I've failed at technology companies, I've been successful at technology companies, and, and, and it never quite goes the way that you want it to go. Uh, part of that are decisions early on, and the latest tech stuff that I've been building you know, you technology's changing so rapidly now. You know, how do you how do you keep up with some of those things from your perspective? And secondly, who is the audience here? I mean, is it the consumer? Is it the patient that you're after, or is it the doctor, the provider that you're after? Because they're the slowest adopters out there uh, in in this entire game. Tell me a little bit about that. You've built the technology. You're building the technology. Now you got to go out and sell it and market it. What's your plan from that perspective? I can start, and Ajay, feel free to interrupt me and compliment. So I think that as founders, the only requisite you need to have is to listen to the market. How do you do it? You were saying, you know, you've built the solution, you have to test it, but you usually need to start with the simplest version of your MVP because you have no answer at the beginning. It's just your idea on what you can dump into the market, which ideally can work. And as you said, it can change dramatically. And actually, it does change dramatically. So the lesser you do, the smarter, actually, because what you need to do is to test whatever you come up with at the beginning, even one feature only, with your targeted audience. In our case, our enterpriser, doctors, and the feedback we receive from their patient, okay? The greatest product uh, we have today, which is uh, a generative AI symptom checker combined with the motion tracking uh, used for screening solution, didn't come from us. I would love to take the credit for this, but it actually didn't. It was a request that came out from three of our largest clients, which were asking us if we were able to solve 
a problem at the front door of their product flow. We got to receive, we got this request first, hear it other two times and said, okay, wait a second, years are on. There's probably a problem which is experienced by three different companies in two, three, three different markets, but the product is the same. Okay, let's, let's stick deeper. And that's the mentality that allows you to, first of all, keep evolving your technology. And second of all, and most importantly, be very relevant to your customers, in this case, enterprises. So again, in my opinion, start with a very simple idea, testing the market, and most importantly, listen to your customers because they will they have the answer. You just need to listen. Love that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, listening and, and, and filling a need. You know, that's always the first question that I go to, especially when somebody's starting to fail is, did you think about the need? And it looks, it sounds like you guys did. Uh, are you are you creating a solution to fill that need is the is the other really important aspect of that. Um, Jay, we've had a couple of guests on our past podcast that we're doing a little bit. Uh, what was the the doctor in Canada that was doing the the motion tracking? I cannot think of his name. His, right yeah, Ryan. Um, yeah, Ryan. Ryan is Ryan is a, a great guy. He has a great company. It's Kinetisense. So they also do movement tracking. Um, they are involved in you know multiple athletic leagues. You know, professional. I believe professional baseball for sure. Um, I know they've worked with um, other athletes and other organizations, and, and they've done great. And Ryan's Ryan's a, a phenomenal guy, a hard worker, um, just a really a really good guy. So yeah, there's there's other products out there that are great, um, and and the market is big enough for more than one yeah, company absolutely. for sure. Yeah. And, and then we had the guest that was from Israel that had developed the gamification of treatment therapies. Now, I don't yeah. know how successful that was. That happened all during COVID. Oh, you know? there, he's too, I, I, I saw him. I didn't get a chance to speak to him at Hems. Do you guys know Aaron Orr uh, from, no, X, from X Health? X we Health. don't know him. I okay. don't, we don't know him. He's, he's, know a, him. he's a great guy. So they're, they're using uh, VR to to put patients through exercise programs uh in, in a gamified experience um and, and they've done really really well so you know he was a speaker at hymns and i i heard him i didn't get a chance to say hello because it was crazy busy there but yeah lots of really cool technologies yeah. that are coming out and disrupting the space yeah that's great to be a part of that you guys are young and it must feel exciting to be able to be a disruptor and change you know change the future of healthcare and technology it doesn't come for free, but absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Both in terms it, of, of fin like true finances and also the emotional effort that, that I would we say emotional. Right? I was I was <laughs> I was especially speaking about the emotional, emotional. You know, yeah. it it's fantastic to speak about all the achievements, the journey is exciting. I couldn't be happier to be a founder, but it's a lot it's a lot to bear with. It's uh, risk, challenges, pressure. It, yeah. it, it's it's uh, it doesn't come for free. Again, no, yeah, no but you know, the, the, what stands in the way becomes the way as Marcus Aurelius said. So, um, totally. this is, this is our journey. And I, for one, I'm just like you, Mickey, I, I love it. Like it's the hardest thing I've ever done, but I absolutely love it. So that's what it's about. Agreed. Well, well guys, we're, we're going to sort of try to wrap up here just a little bit. How can people, if they're interested in what you're doing, uh, we've got entrepreneurs out there as audience members. Uh, we got doctors that'll be really interested in the concept. How can they get hold of you 
uh, if they want to ask more questions. First thing is I would recommend them to check our website because we're very proud of what we've built and we're one of the very few companies who displayed an open demo on our website. So you can just go, as Dr. J was saying, and test it on, uh, on your own. Just bear in mind to grant access to camera and mic. Sometimes they forget to do it. But uh, other than that, there's going to be a fantastic conference in New York uh, mid-September. It's going to be during the New York Tech Week. There is a session, uh, a session on healthcare AI uh, organized by Andresin and Orovitz, A16Z. We are going to attend that conference for sure. And uh, you will find uh, Piero moving around with a bunch of computers, tablets, and iPhone to make sure that everyone is aware of uh, our capabilities. So that could Love be it. an opportunity. There's going to be another one in uh, my beloved country, Italy, uh, at the end of September. Now it's a little bit more complicated to, to get to Italy, but um, as, a, as an expat founder, I truly believe in the concept of giving back. So there is uh, the Italian Tech Week, which is going to happen in Turin. Central team will be artificial intelligence, and uh, we're actually bringing uh, some of the main speakers at the conference itself. So That's we'll great. be around there as well. Cool. Love that. I might have to go to New York, man. I'm only, I'm only a, hopping a skip down the road to 95, so uh, I might have to come up for that. Yeah. Come over. You will find us uh, ready to host you. So, All right. I love it. So, Ajay, let's, let's give you a, a minute or so here. Is there anything else you want to add to the conversation that we've been having today about the technology you're helping develop and, and how it's being presented to the, to the world? When it comes to basically like healthcare, like we have been seeing it from some time now. And like you guys also said, uh, it's an industry that really needs disruption, right? Uh, we are still following system that we had built like 15, 20 years ago. Uh, and uh, uh, it doesn't make sense that even with all the technologies that are out there, we are not really doing anything. So I truly believe that AI uh, is like the best thing that happened to healthcare industry. It's going to disrupt the industry uh, in an amazing way. And of course it's going to do like a lot of different things, but I can uh, put it in like, uh, uh, three categories, uh, which it it's going to affect, and that's going to be uh, like the best thing that's going to happen for everybody. One is uh, the uh, faster development of drugs, right? Very crucial thing. The second thing is early diagnosis of any diseases, and third thing is creating hyper personalized treatment for every patient. So, like in my case, like my mother uh, died from cancer, so. I have gone through that phase where I saw like detection of cancer and then she being in hospital and then I being there and seeing her and other cancer patients. I can I truly believe that AI can detect all these things early on and we can prevent that uh, from happening. So it's going to be uh, a big revolutionary change. Well said. Yeah. I know that conversation about AI is in the public space today and we're having battles and, and, and victories. Jay and I are definitely in the column that AI is here to stay and that it is going to greatly impact healthcare for sure and patients' lives for sure. I, I just wish I was 20 years younger that I could uh, see what's going to really be out there in the near future of, of 
the changes that are going to come about. I, I fought for some of that for a, a couple of decades, and and uh, man, I'm excited to see even in the next ten years what's going to happen. So, thanks guys for contributing your time today. This has been a great podcast, right up our alley of what we're trying to talk about and preach out to the world. Uh, we appreciate your your hour with us today. And audience, if you need anything, look up their website. It is a great website. I, I've actually glanced at it early on today, and and a great one. Jay, yes, sir, buddy. We're gonna we're gonna spend some time together next week, and uh, I can't and wait. Week after that, and not very many weeks after that, and uh, and we're gonna try to talk to the world a little bit more about technology. Get the providers to buy into technology and what we're doing. You and I are doing to change, and and many other people, but you and I. Uh, doing to try to change healthcare technology in the chiropractic space. Yeah, man. Can't wait. Looking forward to seeing you, brother. Travel safe. You bet. From my co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein, I'm Brad Cost. Have a good day. See y'all.